Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so To surge as well and oh yeah as usual i leave and all hell breaks loose in sports this always happens on my summer vacations kyle charters is quite possibly the luckiest fill-in guy in the history of fill-in guys yet again he gets lucky and the the big conference realignment the big shift happens while i'm gone the last time he filled in for me for like a full week, he's had a couple like little quick dates here and there, last second stuff. And yeah, they've had some stuff to talk about. He's had some stuff to talk about. But I mean, last time I took a full week off, I, this guy got the full week of Ryan Walters coming into town. Luckiest dude ever, I, I swear. I'll tell you what. Look, let's dive into what we got here in Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, White Sox last night with a three-run rally in the ninth. They're going to beat the Guardians 5-3. to three. Elvis Andrus hit the leadoff spot last night, three for five with two RBIs. Seven other starters with at least a hit. Uh, Schlottens goes six innings, six hits, two earned, six Ks. He's been, what, he's been solid, right? Did I miss a start? That he has had so far. I mean, he jumped in right after the trade deadline. And I remember we were getting ready for that game. And uh, I said, you know, the guy's only, when he has filled in, it's only been for a couple of innings. He had been all right in those appearances, but really hadn't given you like a ton of big innings. And what he started the last two games. Over the last two games, 12 innings, 9 hits, 3 earned, 2 walks, 12 Ks in 12 innings. That's not bad. Good for him, man. Um, the Sox take the series win, and they also take the season series 8-5 over the Guardians. Now the Yankees are going to come into the south side tonight. Dylan C is going to take on Garrett Cole. Sox took two out of three in Yankee Stadium back in early June. They're going to see their old teammate uh, Keenan Middleton, who blasted the team's culture in the press over the weekend. ESPN with the article saying um, he described it as, quote, no rules. Quote Middleton, I don't know how you police the culture if there are no rules or guidelines to follow because everybody is doing their own thing. Like, how do you say anything about it? Because there are no rules, end quote. Tales of 
rookies taking naps in the bullpen, missing practices, late for meetings, nothing happening. He defended the pitchers, though. He felt like the problem was not with the pitching staff. It was with all the positional players. Okay. Cubs winners of four of their last five now, thanks to a 6-4 victory at home to take the series over the Braves over the weekend. Big series. Bellinger, two for three, two runs in RBI. He has an RBI in five of six games this month that he's played in. He's also riding an eight-game hitting streak over which he's hit 419. Justin Steele threw 110 pitches yesterday, five and a third innings. That's how far it got him. Eight hits, three earned, and seven Ks. Four walks, though. They're going to head out to New York tonight to take on the Mets. Kodai Senga on the mound. He's going to face lefty Drew Smiley. Mets are 29th in average versus lefties this season. They're bottom five in strikeouts as well. Just throwing this out here. I believe somebody pre-All-Star break told you that maybe it was time to put a flyer on the Cubs to win the division, not to make the playoffs, to win the division. Things are going out to 10-1. to 1. At the All-Star break, it'll drop down to plus 850. Now it's plus 145. Just saying. Throwing it out there. Uh, not much news from Colts camp uh, today because, well, they are off today. They're back tomorrow. They'll prep for the trip out to Buffalo on Saturday for their first preseason game. Next week is uh, a big week, though. They will hold joint practices with the Bears in the back half of the week. However, those tickets down at Grand Park are sold out, which is a bummer. Uh, NCAA football coaches poll is out. Purdue snubbed. Oh, well. Uh, Georgia is first with 61 votes. Big Ten teams, a lot of them made the poll, current and future ones. Uh, Michigan comes in second, but no first-place votes. Bama in third with four first-place votes. Then it's uh, Ohio State who got a couple of first-place votes. USC sits sixth, Penn State seventh, Washington 11th, Notre Dame at 13, Oregon at 15, Wisconsin at 21, Iowa Got 169 votes to put them at 26th. I'm sorry, what? Minnesota gets 16 votes. Maryland, uh, I'm sorry, well, they get points. I I don't call these votes. They're points. Uh, Minnesota gets uh, 16 points. Maryland with 10 points. The Illini with 7 points. There you go. That's what I got for you here this morning or this afternoon. That is uh, your need-to-know news. All right, we want to try to find our best bets for this evening. I got to... Um, I, I, I did not do anything. I feel I'm a little out of shape. I, have, I did not do... I was in a state that did not allow me to do anything all weekend... So I kind of turned it off. But the gist that I got is that baseball is becoming more and more unpredictable. Trends are going more and more out the door. Pitchers are struggling to hit strikeout counts. Who's hot right now? Who do we have? Do we have some matchups that uh, could work out for you? Let me get you a couple of guys here that we like by the numbers. 
Philadelphia Phillies tonight, and I've not checked weather reports yet. Phillies are huge favorites tonight. Trevor Williams is on the mound for the Nationals. Phillies playing at home. I'm going to assume that that is a good weather game. Might need a late start. Might be a little bit of rain. Wind is blowing out double digits. That is a stadium that um, the wind will definitely affect it, but we don't like the weather out there too much right now. It's not looking as positive, but at least it'll still be pretty warm. We should still be up in the 80s at game time. Humidity is going to be rather high. Castellanos is uh, 393 in 30 plate appearances all time versus Trevor Williams with two homers. He has a hit streak at seven against him as well. Bryce Harper equally good against Trevor Williams, 333 in 14 plate appearances. However, no home runs. He is hitting 24 of his last 30 as well. He is hitting 314. Against right-handed pitching. Two guys to have on the card, although I'm a little bit nervous. A little bit nervous about that weather. Lane Thomas on the other side. Um, another guy here, too, because we like playing with the wind. He's very good against lefties. He gets Ranger Suarez, who is 353 lifetime against. Um, and he's 363 this year against left-handed pitching. Mets are not very good against left-handed pitching. Francisco Lindor is not bad, though. He's 312 against Smiley Lifetime. No homers in that. He does 13 hits in his last nine, if you were looking for a leg to add into a Cubs parlay this evening. Marcus Simeon's the other guy that I really like tonight for the Rangers. 400 against Waldachuk. They take on Oakland. He has a hit streak at seven games, and he has two-plus total bases in his last six games. So I think there's some areas there that you can take advantage of. Make a little bit of money tonight. Those are my go-to guys. Um, Pitchers, again, I feel like the unders have been hitting way more than the overs lately. So it's given me a little bit of a pause. I think Dylan Cease should be pretty decent tonight, but we're looking at seven strikeouts. Strider's taking on the Pirates. He's at over nine and a half. I just hate double digits for the minimum. I don't like that. Logan Webb's been very popular, but he's up to seven uh, against the Angels. He's one of those guys that's not been hitting the over very often. So I'm just I'm just not on that. I think there's better spots to do it tonight. I'm souring a little bit on the pitchers. Maybe I'm just going to stick to the hitters. Maybe just stick to the hitters. But that's what I got. All right, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, I told you, I've been telling you for, you know, 
since the USC-UCLA news who the next two teams into the Big Ten were going to be. So what's next? What are the concerns here? Was this a good move by the Big Ten? Let's talk about it next. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. You can always reach out on the text line to 765-447-4080. You can always fire off a text. Love hearing from uh, you guys. And Wow, what a, uh, what a Friday, what a weekend. The Big Ten next year, instead of 16, will now be 18 teams. It is the addition of Oregon and the addition of Washington. Exactly what I told you was going to happen. Oh, geez, I don't know. How long ago? I've been telling you for a while this is going to be the move. Now, I'm not going to do a victory lap as much as I would. But there seems to be some trepidation here all of a sudden. Which people are going to get over. It's the location of these two schools. Everybody got into it early. Oh, gosh, sending athletes all the way out to the West Coast. And and then all of a sudden that dissipated, didn't it? Great move. For football. And that's what drives everything here. It is football. And going to be able to increase the payouts here. The escalator is going to start coming in, right? So there's a little bit more money for everybody. You just added uh, the coaches' polls, what, number 11 and number 15 team in the country. So good there. We're increasing the money. Good there. Oh, we're losing. We're losing Bedlam, though. Oh, no. Bedlam's been going for 120 years. You don't care about Bedlam. Please. I get that some of these traditionalists are very upset that they don't get uh, the same old thing that they've had for some hundred-odd years. It's hard to let go of that stuff. College is college athletics is moving into a have and have not universe. And the question is for you as a Purdue fan, would you rather be in the haves or the have nots? Because if you don't like this, uh, I guarantee you there's you can go join the American or something like that. Go right ahead. Get into the Big 12. Go right ahead. You're not doing it, though. Because we're talking $70, $80 million a year. Texts are coming on the line already. Wanting to know, do we have to change the the, uh, schedule for next year? I'm sure that's still being looked into. I'm sure they're going to have an announcement on how they're going to handle that. It would seem like yes. 
but it may be a thing as where this is kind of set. Uh, perhaps the remaining PAC members still want to leave uh, Oregon. I, I don't know. But that's, look, that's small details. I see people on message boards already wondering, okay, well, how's the, how's the Big Ten basketball tournament going to play out? They'll figure it out. Don't worry. But this is 100% about money and being in a haves instead of a have not. When we talked about the possibility of this on Wednesday before I left on that quick little vacay, Kyle took over. Um, we, we looked at the Pac-12 as a cautionary tale. It had poor leadership for some time. They screwed up the TV deal, right? Because they didn't get like a linear back uh, network like everybody else does. They tried to go at it themselves. They didn't get the subscribers in it that they wanted to. They had all the overhead and everything too. None of the know-how. They screwed that up. They couldn't get that revenue generation going. Then they sat on their they, they sat on their hands. Everybody else was adding to the conferences, and they think, well, nobody's going to come take us. Oh, well, Mountain West going to come over here and take some of our schools? I don't think so. Now Utah's going to go back on over to the Big Twelve. Yeah, right. Whoops. It was a poorly managed conference. In Arizona and Arizona State and Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA all said, we're not going to survive in the modern college football landscape making $25 million a year when everybody else in the country, even the ACC, with their terrible deals, making like $30 million a year. You're not going to keep pace. Athletics cost money. Facilities cost money. Coaches cost money. And a lot of those schools are starting to run debts. I saw a lot of people get on uh, these these podiums here too about uh, you know is this really what's best for these student athletes? We're talking about uh, getting into uh, you know time zones and you got classes and all that stuff. Come on, you know it's not good for college athletes not having programs because they're getting shut down because. The major revenue sports programs are running huge deficits. I understand it's not an ideal situation. But I certainly think if I am looking, look at Cal. Do you know how much debt Cal is in? We talked about this uh, back when we were looking at other Pac-10 teams that were desperate to make it into the Big Ten. They have this massive gap. They're going to cut Student-athlete services are going to cut programs, non-revenue-generating programs. They're going to be forced to do it. And now you sit here, you, you, you're in the Big Ten, you have this kind of money over your competitors to be able to 
close any kind of gaps, to provide better services for your student athletes because you have the money to do so. You are not solely reliant on donor money. And now with an influx of cash to go along with your donor money, guess what? You have more money to invest in those Olympic sports, those non-revenue generating sports as well. And let's not forget, we know the day is coming that there will be revenue sharing with college athletes. It's going to come. And it will be much easy, much more easily attained for the college athlete if these colleges aren't running deficits and they have cash they are sitting on. It's going to be easier to get a chunk of it. It's just going to. I understand the travel. Look, there are sports that are absolutely screwed over by this. Having to go out to the West Coast maybe twice a year just in conference play, right? You've got tennis in the middle of the week, soccer's out there on Thursdays maybe, basketball, both men's and women's. But, you know, hopefully it's a Tuesday, Thursday, you go out there, it's for the whole week. There's ways to make this a little bit easier on them. But what I just do not understand is the argument uh, against us from a Purdue perspective. Because you're clearly in the haves here. And more money in the bank account and in the coffers here for the university, they will spend on things like facility upgrades for you. It's not going, it's not like all of a sudden it's going into Bombinski's pocket or anything like that. It's uh, the, the athletics department is not going, oh, cool, everybody gets more money, cool. But it, we're holding on to that. It does have a ripple effect. You know, we, we are constantly defending things like the transfer portal, right? And kids can up and move these programs with some very minor guardrails in there. And we used to, you know, chastise these uh, coaches that would just up and go places. Well, they can do this. The students need all the... The student-athlete got the NIL deals. The student-athlete got the transfer portal. The schools are getting the money. And the coaches get to do what the coaches have always done. It is much better for you to be in the haves right now than the have-nots. Because the gap between what is the Big Ten and the SEC versus what's in that horrendous ACC deal... And what was going to be in the Pac? I, literally, the Pac-12 thought that they were going to be able to get an Apple deal, get twenty million dollars, and then hey, if we get the subscribers up, maybe we can push it around like thirty-five, forty. Please, this is a responsibility thing from Oregon and Washington to do. Now there is the argument to be made that hey, the Big Ten says this is we didn't have to do this move, we didn't have to take these guys. You're already out on the West Coast. You're already out there. Do you want those teams, the two best brands remaining out there, did you want those two to go find themselves in some new 
super mid-conference out in the Pac West or something like that? Did you want to see them lock themselves into something else and then that takes away your options? You know, maybe you can leave them out there. You can leave USC and UCLA out there. It's just the one-off. And then you just turn around here and you wait for this ACC thing to implode, which seems like that's a ticking time bomb. And maybe you can go out and get three or four of those teams. You can fight with the SEC about it. But maybe you go out and get, you know, three or four of those teams. That's the other option. And let's not forget Notre Dame sits up there looming over everything. Does the Big Ten want them? Absolutely. Does Notre Dame want to join a conference? They absolutely do not. They want to make their football money. Let the hockey teams play in the Big Ten. Let the uh, everything else go in the ACC. They like that little relationship. The only thing that's going to move Notre Dame, it's not the money. It'll be an inability to schedule enough quality opponents in college football. And if the SEC is able to raid the ACC like it's dreaming of, and then the Big Ten's eating up other teams, two more, and they can't start scheduling enough good people. They can go undefeated, but yeah, they got to play three of the service academies. Maybe they get Stanford involved. They got two options join a conference or try to cut a deal with the conference to get an opponent. Because if, if the SEC and the Big Ten are playing 10 conference games with those two knock, they are not going to be wanting to schedule Notre Dame. Just not going to want to do it. The schedule will already be too rigorous. Don't want to do it. The question now becomes, who are the final two for the Big Ten? Remember, you're looking for that AU accreditation. That's seemingly important. There's always been the rumors around UNC. This Clemson and Florida State thing. Um, man. Good question. I've always thought that SEC coveted Clemson the most. I think there's an issue with taking a Miami or Florida State. I think Florida will do everything in its power to keep that from happening. At best, they'll probably settle for allowing one of them in. I think there's some other schools in the ACC footprint that makes sense. But we'll see what happens. they got to find a way to wiggle out of that deal. We'll see what happens. But I don't know. Too many people criticizing this. I just... I can't believe that universities with more money to spend on athletics and things for athletics is necessarily a bad thing for the student-athlete. Are some of them getting a little bit of a raw deal here? Yes, to a degree, because of the scheduling. And I understand that grievance. But on the whole, out here making, uh, you know, 20, 30 million more a year than half the countries in the school, or half the country, or half the schools in the country, uh, seems like a much better deal for me. You're you're having a hard time convincing me that this is necessarily a bad thing. Now, rivalries, all that stuff, yeah, you make new rivalries. It'll happen. We're gonna take a break. We'll come back. Hey, got more Hammer Down show next on. 
Hammer Down Show, 1017 Hammer, 1017Hammer.com. I'm Jared Jessel. That's our very first uh, poll here. Four college football is out. We got the coaches poll. That's a little bit early, isn't it? Look, it's never too early for me to get some football, college football, and I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. Week one's important. I mean, you're not you're you're not sitting down uh, in the votes received, running the table and getting yourself into that top three usually or four. Yeah, that's darn tough. You need way more help than you do anything else. But it does give you a look at expectations. You know, it gives you a sense of what the hierarchy should look like or how we, you know, how it might shake out. But Lord knows there's always one or two frauds in there. The question is, who is this year's big fraud? You know, Georgia number one, ain't no surprise there. Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU up there. Sure, you know, USC is always going to be that program that as soon as they start winning, they assume it's going to happen. Penn State up at seven felt maybe a little high to me. Clemson at nine, Tennessee at ten. Anytime you see Texas, you hear the we're back, and that's gone poorly. They sit at 12. Notre Dame at 13. Notre Dame at 13. I mean, <laughs> it's... It's the name on the front of the jersey, isn't it? Four losses last year. They were they were good in the uh, in the bowl game, right? They beat a top twenty team in uh, South Carolina. They did that home win against Clemson. But they had that embarrassing loss last year to Marshall. They had the, you know, Stanford game. Looked bad there as well. Syracuse probably got a little too big for their britches when they beat them. I mean, you hang your hat on the Clemson win. You lost at USC. Thirteen. Yeah, 13. Wisconsin at 21. I, this, this changing, I, I want to see how, I'm trying to figure out a great way to word this. I guess, Does Fickle really, is he really changing that much for them? I get, 
and this is Purdue included, I get a little worrisome. And you get a guy, anytime you have a new coach, right? We're talking, this is new atmosphere. We're talking transfers. We're talking new systems, offense and defense. And they'll throw the ball a lot more. Are we setting the bar a little bit too high for the Badgers because of the name and the coaching search? Remember, they limped into a bowl game. And they weren't terribly impressive uh, in a lot of these uh, Big Ten matches. I mean, gosh, they let Iowa score 24 on them. Iowa! Who I'll get to in a second. Michigan State, ugh, double OT loss there. Yes, you know, they beat Purdue. I get it. I'm I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that Purdue should be ranked higher than Wisconsin. But that's just one of those things I say. What give me the grand scheme of things that have changed that you know that are known commodities about Wisconsin right now? Instead, it's pure speculation, and I think you just put everything on fickle. It's the others receiving votes that got to me. Iowa one sixty nine. Kate Mack is this? Iowa was second to dead last. In yards per game last year. In all of NCAA football. New Mexico was the only other team with fewer yards per game than the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, defense was solid. Don't get me wrong. But what has changed there at the head of the class here offensively? That all of a sudden, these guys are going to start putting up 25, 30 points a game. That's, I mean, that defense is enough to get you to 26th? I, I don't see it. Again, it's awkward to see where exactly the thoughts are of these coaches. You know, others receiving votes is you're going to get start to get down in there with coaches who have votes that have buddies on other teams, maybe throw them a bone. I mean, look, Memphis, Kansas, James Madison are getting votes, getting points, I should say. Like Air Force, you know, Illinois gets seven. South Alabama, South Alabama at eight. We really think that South Alabama is going to be a team that is in the top 25 at the end of this season. Toledo. It's always bizarre. The first one just 
usually to me means absolutely nothing. Unless you are legitimately contending for a national title, it's much easier to be one, two, or three, lose a game early, and get back into that top four than it is to be down at 20 through 25 and lose a game and climb back into it. That's just the road. We're going to take a final break, come back, and wrap it up here on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Mom, Jared, just light us. How's it going? We're ready to wrap up a Monday. Always, always hard when it's the first one back from vacay, man. Ugh. You're loving life on the lake. It's good times. You got to get it in right before all this football stuff starts. We're only a couple of weeks away from high school football. I believe, is it this week we finally have some Purdue athletics back? I think the women's uh, soccer team. Don't they have an exhibition? I believe they've got an exhibition later this week, don't they? I know you got uh, basketball on the road, the European uh, tour thing they're doing, and you watch some of that stuff online. Yeah, Wednesday. They host Indiana State at Folk Field. And then another one on Saturday against Bowling Green. Both those at 2 p.m. And then they'll start the season next week against UCF on Thursday. So, I mean, it's, it's creeping back up. I mean... I already got the thing for my daughter's open house for school. That's summer, man. Just It's gone. Remember, we couldn't stop sweating the 90s. Now it's like, guess what? High of 80 today. Whew. Tough time adjusting. All right, some of the things that uh, we may have missed uh, from the weekend. I'm embarrassed and just sad at what I saw with Ramirez and Anderson throwing fists in their game over the weekend. And Tim Anderson clearly getting knocked out on the chin. What are we? You're grown men playing a kid's game. At what point does anything need to come to in that sport? Running the bases like that, at what point do you need to throw down and start tossing haymakers at each other? You're supposed to be adults. And then he's out here on Twitter, Tim Anderson. Got the Twitter fingers, making it even worse. It's a sad state of affairs. I think my, my view on... The White Sox has dramatically changed on what they need to do. Based on what Middleton has said and what I'm starting to see, you need to find some leaders and some people who are going to take control of that clubhouse. And maybe you should have moved Tim Anderson. Maybe. Everybody is clowning on Carson Wentz. 
He's still looking for a home, and he released a picture on his Instagram that where he's throwing the football wearing an Eagles helmet, a commander's practice jersey, and Colts shorts. I'm immediately going into my sportsbook app. And I don't know whether I want to play all three of those teams or fade all those three teams. Since it's Carson Wentz, I feel like we got to fade, right? Is he giving us, is he telling us about the parlays? That would be taking the Browns over the Commanders, taking the Bills. Oh, no, that's preseason. Oh, no. Give me the regular season. Ah, I want to get I want to get the regular season. I want to place a bet on all three of those. Never change Carson Wentz. And finally, the most insane thing I've heard in forever. Uh, this is I believe this is Oklahoma. I saw this in my show prep stuff over there for the country station. This woman's out mowing on a tractor. And all of a sudden, a snake falls out of the sky and wraps itself around her arm, squeezing and biting her. She's yelling, help me, Jesus, as a hawk swoops down multiple times and tries to attack her while attacking the snake before eventually grabbing the snake and flying off. I will never complain about a bad beat on a parlay ever again because that is exactly what bad luck looks like. You're just out here in a field, minding your own business, and a snake falls from the air, attaches itself to your arm while a hawk attacks you and that snake and the snakes. That is the worst three-way battle royal I've ever heard in my life. Something like that happened to me. Never gamble. Never buy a lottery ticket. I'm not even going to a coin flip on anything. I'm mailing it. It's done. That's going to do it for the show today. Uh, come back tomorrow. Hey, we'll talk more local sports with you all hour long on the Hammer Down Show. Uh, that's at uh, 3 o'clock here weekdays on uh, 101.7 The Hammer. Oh, by the way, thank you, Kyle Charters, for filling in for me on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I know you guys enjoy having him in here, too. It won't be too long, too much longer. We'll start talking uh, Purdue football game day stuff with you as well. So thanks, Kyle.